to the left, Pellegrini inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to You know, you laugh, Jay. You laugh at me. But you'll have your time. You'll have your time, my friend. Those times for those those body aches, those those cold sweats, that Moderna shot round two. Saturday was rough. Oh, I thought you were talking about you're going through menopause. <laughs> menopause. <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. Uh, sorry to have to burst your bubble. I'm talking about Moderna shot numero dos. And that was no joke, but it did offer a pretty good opportunity to see all the clubs go and play on Saturday. Just got to enjoy the whole day sitting in bed being taken care of, huh? Well, no. Sherry actually went down to three points down in Virginia Key in South Beach. So she pretty much just said, screw you, dude. I'm going to go have a blast and take care of yourself. And, and were you able to do that? Are you capable I'm, of that? I'm sitting here. I'm still sitting here. You know, you, you know. Hey, all right. Better I'm, recognize. I'm proud of you. See, I actually figured it out though. I think you got to plan your movie watching schedule around that, right? You got to key up about four to five movies that you want to watch that day. I watched two seasons of one series in like a two day span when I actually had COVID. Like it was just nonstop crushing. I think it was Mayans on, on, on FX. It was it was good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are feeling better. Hopefully, that's the last time you're feeling any uh, COVID-related symptoms, bud. Yeah, well... Uh, you're, you're playing your part in this greater world. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, you know, you can ask my holistic doctor if she feels the same, and she has quite a different opinion. But I guess that's why she's a holistic doctor. Essential oils. Central oils and a whole lot of other things. Well, that's good. But uh, let's get into uh, the reason that we're here, buddy. We had a um, interesting game, uh, one that we had to, uh, to to patch together. We want to cover, which, I mean, honestly, welcome, everyone. We are here. You're listening to the Inner Mommy podcast. I am Jay Kington, alongside newly vaccinated Alex Papa George. He is safe to cough on people. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> if you see me coming in for the real thing at one of these games, don't don't, don't be petrified or anything. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, I'm going to do my best to uh, to stick to the script today for you, bud, just to make it a, a really enjoyable. We shall see. If this was live, there'd be a poll and it'd be a yes or no, and I guarantee you the chance would be very, very much no. I would have one vote to the, to the nose for <laughs> sure, for sure. But uh, before we get into the game, uh, kind of leading up to the game, we had quite a bit of fun, actually. Our Discord uh, action was on fire. We, we uh, are now up to 50 members. DM us for the link. We were talking all throughout the week. We were talking today, but during the game, it was really popping off, uh, especially uh, once that, however you want to view it, quote unquote, potential dog so penalty on Robbie Robinson occurred. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Discord blew up and uh, the fans were not pleased with that decision by the ref. Very fair. And that brings us to a good point to say, if you don't follow us already, do so. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, do your thing. Enter Miami Podcast or on the Twitter sphere, enter MIA Podcast. But as Jay said, 
we, we launched this baby last week and this thing picked up like wildfire. We have all different channels too. So it's not just about inner Miami. Uh, we have general discussion, squad talk, game day banter, home game meetups, you name it, league news, uh, even Fort Lauderdale CF news. So it's all going down there in a pretty cool little feature as well that lets us chat during the halftime and pregame, which was pretty cool. Yeah, we actually did a halftime chat. Um, I, I, you were, I think tending to your, your illness, but, uh, we had a lot of fun with that, man. That's going to be really, really good. Uh, and, and a, a lot of great conversations on there. We're not really, you know, limiting anybody to what they say. So just hop on there, unmute yourself, ask some questions or share your thoughts. It was a really good time. Yeah. We're going to continue to do this each and every game. It's a cool way for fans really from all over the world, uh, to connect while we're watching the game. So we're going to keep doing that. If you do want to join the discord, go ahead, DM us on any one of our social media platforms, and we will send you the link. But outside of our world in the whole social media technology space, Jay, we were, we were out a bunch of people for this game, but two in particular that did had to go home, deal with some grievance, but it does sound like the Iguain brothers are back in the United States. Yes, they came back on Friday. Uh, they did not fly charter, so they will have to quarantine. Now, I already saw a lot of questions coming up. Are they going to have to miss the, the Atlanta United game? Uh, according to MLS rules, quarantine will occur for five days with consistent testing for 12 days. So as long as they can have two negatives in a row throughout that, uh, they should be good to go and available for Atlanta United. I wonder if that's going to change now that teams are starting to get vaccinated yeah that's a very good question and i'm honestly not sure because i mean i don't even want to get into this conversation but the vaccine doesn't necessarily protect you from the secondary strains and you still have to wear a mask so there's still protocol so i'm not sure that'll probably be some sort of mid-season development yeah we'll see but you know who is vaccinated Joe boy that's right. Soundboard. Anyway, moving on. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> we wired in his soundboard. Yes, you did. To our main board. So now it doesn't sound horrible. It actually has good quality. And um, we're going to see. He's going to have a short leash. No, <laughs> Real short no, leash. I was just about to say, you actually, I think, extended that leash a little bit, no, Jay. So I appreciate no, that. No. There, but, but, uh, <laughs> no. but anyway, bringing it back, you know, one question that we did have a lot during the beginning kind of when the starting lineups came out was kind of just asking questions about where were a couple players besides you know the obvious folks that were going to be out nico fagal being one we do want to say that that was due to a hamstring last week during practice so that was why nico was out i know he just came off of a pretty bad ass game the one prior so it was unfortunate to see that happen we actually have two people right now dealing with hamstrings, you know, Robbie, that we're going to go ahead and talk about a little bit later in the pod. And then the other one being, being Julian Carranza, who was sick. It sounds like he picked up another virus, another type of virus outside of COVID. Jay, is that right? Yeah, I mean, he could have got a cold. Uh, well, if I hope it's more <laughs> than a cold. It could be the cold. could be the a flu. I don't know. You know, I mean, there, there are other things you can get besides COVID nowadays. Totally off topic, but did you see that Paul George on the Clippers didn't play because he drank too much coffee and he said he was over caffeinated? I didn't know that was a thing. How can you be? How that can you could, that, that might man? cause heart problems, maybe heart palpitations or something like that. I don't know. It, it, this is kind of strange. We're going to get into the whole Robbie situation 
um, which I don't think really anyone was expecting, but given the circumstances, we can understand. Uh, but Nico, yeah, it sounds like he, he tweaked his hamstring in, in practice the week prior, but really what, what happened is he overstretched. Like, I don't know exactly what the stretch was, but he overstretched and ended up pulling his hamstring by stretching too much so that you don't usually see that. That's not, uh, that's not the way you want to go out, but that's like something that would happen if you were stretching. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too flexible, but that was a, a curveball Cause I was like, I was, I don't know. It was probably like 10 minutes in and we caught the game at, at funky Buddha because we were just getting lunch prior. So they didn't have the sound on. So I didn't hear that he was out. So I'm like, like looking on I'm like, where the hell is Nico? Like, why is, okay. So like there's Jones and there's, that doesn't make sense. So we wouldn't have five. And then I was updated that. Yeah. He, he pulled it while stretching, which sucks. That's terrible. That's a terrible way to go out, but hopefully it's not severe. And honestly, <laughs> hamstring injuries are nothing to mess with. They're not. They're not. Those are one of the you most give them scary the time. Yep. injuries in like life, but in sports for sure. I mean, we saw the reaction with Robbie, and that was non-contact, just running down the field, and he pulled up, and oof, that just that does not look good. But no, it, it does not. And I mean, unless you're you're Dalvin Cook, and very few people are Dalvin Cook. I, I've never seen someone been able to to play through a hamstring injury and just know when to pull up, know when to go down, and yet stay in the game. But but no one's like that. So yeah, we've got we got two players out right now. Honestly, how? Great would would Phil Neville be as the the flex seal salesman guy on TV, just slapping the tape on the barrels, just leaking water, just plugging holes, patching together this ad hoc team, subbing players out, playing injured players, just re-injuring them more, and just gunslinging. I honestly like I loved it. I loved it. But um before we really go into this game, there's one more uh, shout out that I believe you want to give, sir. Yes, but before that, do you know Flex Seal is actually local to South Florida? No, but that's awesome. Do, he looks like a South Florida Why guy, can't right? Flex Seal be our jersey sponsor? Why can't Flex Seal be the sponsor of this show? Anyway. <laughs> you want Flex Seal? <laughs> no. If they just send us free Flex Seal, Chloe's going to be real pissed at me. Because like, I'm going to just start it, sealing stuff up on this her. This shit, really? I'll like seal her in the shower. But you know who did show us some love? Absolutely huge shout out to Inter Miami CF Lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you very much for the five star review on Apple Podcast. If you do want to go ahead and do so, please, we at Inter Miami do appreciate that. In addition, Got some new swag. Got some new swag from Inner Miami CF, the Exiles. We do appreciate these shirts. Guys, freaking awesome. Man, you are. I'm on a roll right now, bro. We're like 10 minutes into this thing. I'm poor. We're going to get a bunch of DMs asking for, for your soundboard to be withdrawn. But all right, let's get into uh, the game. Well, let's do some quick stats real quick. So obviously, if you watched it, you know what the score was, but if not, for some reason, it's the first time you're hearing of it. Welcome to the show. We drew it out. Zero, zero in terms of stats, just going uh, real quick down here. Um, fouls, Miami at 12, Nashville 10, yellow cards, enter one, Nashville two, no red cards in the game, debatably, allegedly, questionably. Uh, only one offsides, really not bad. We're, we're doing a great job at our, our offsides play or 
lack thereof rather. Uh, Nashville had four. Nashville had six corner kicks. We only had five corner kicks. And then we had three saves and Nashville had two saves. There really wasn't a lot of saves in this game. In terms of possession, Nashville was at 59%. We were at 41%. Uh, not ideal. Um, Almost a tell of two halves again. Again, we're going to go go over this, but first half, especially the first like 10 minutes, came out really strong. But overall throughout the game, shots on goal. Nashville had 10 shots uh, with three of those being on goal. Inter-Miami only mustered up five shots and only two of those were on goal. And they were in what, the fourth and then the seventh minute. So really after that, uh, not too much uh, creation or attack going on. If you recall from last week's game uh, against the Philadelphia Union, we were at six total shots with three on goals. And then prior to that LA, we were like 18 with nine on goals. So we're kind of trending in the wrong direction here, but that's just quick general stats for everybody. Fun fact as well, attendance, 13,855. 13,000. I know that was a question we were talking about on the Discord and might as well have been 2,000. Might as well have been 2,000. There's not a lot of spice in those fans. No. And actually, now's a pretty good time. Jay, want to go ahead and take the honors of talking about La Familia right now? Oh, they just sound incredible. I mean, they sound better away than, than the home team's fans do. And their section is uh, like probably one slither in there, but they, they hold it down. I mean, we got rowdy fans. We got passionate fans. We got, we got crazy fans, man. And it's so beautiful to see how well-traveled this team can be. There was multiple points during this game that I had to turn the volume up because I thought I heard Spanish and it was Spanish. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew that it was our boys up in Nashville holding it down. And I mean, honestly, you know, Jay's probably going to kill me for this, but just, just hats off to everybody supporting the club right now. Energy is high. Enthusiasm is great. And the team's playing awesome. So huge shout out to La Familia. I've been saving this one for you for a while. I'm the normal one. Just so everyone knows, that's that's my one soundboard so far till you're 18. Uh, anyway, <laughs> love it, love it. All right, moving on. Let's run through this. Attack, what were your thoughts? Lewis came out firing. That was great to see. Question was, why didn't he get the ball after the first five minutes of the match? That was really my biggest question. I mean, it was amazing to see Lewis Morgan get involved in this game. And I think that for us to inch out this W, he had to get involved. You know, we were talking about it before the match as well. And it was said that for us to win this game, Lewis had to score. And well, you know, we didn't win this game when Lewis did not score. But those first five minutes that he was out there was was outstanding. And he had probably one of the two closest opportunities to score. And ah, very close, very close, very tactical shot, very, very tricky shot too, in a little bit of a sense. You that know is what I'm tricky. talking about. Yep. Um, so, you know, hey, that, that was good to see Lewis Morgan back on his grind, but we got to keep that going. And honestly, you know, Jay, I got to ask you because you were, you hit the nail on the head with this last year. You looked at me and watching Leon the games. And you're like, dude, just all we need is, is one goal to go in for Lewis and Lewis and he's going to go off. And that was the start of his MVP campaign. I got to ask, do you have that same opinion this year? Does he just need to put one in the back of the net? Uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think everyone looks forward to that first goal of the season. I mean, obviously the first one for the club is, is probably the, the greater milestone to hit, but yeah, through and through, this was his best performance of the season so far. Uh, you know, <laughs> I guess 
I see what you're trying to say. I mean, he did touch the ball, you know, after five minutes, but it seemed like he was, was, was a focus of the offense in those first, I'll say really 10 minutes. And then they, they kind of got away from that. Um, I mean, if you recall last year, he was one of the focal points. They would just get it up the, the, the wing to him and then look for service inside. I do like this year we're playing more through the middle and uh, instead of, you know, going for so many crosses and headers, we're actually trying to use our feet more, which is good. But it's a big asking of Lewis Morgan for for what happened. I mean, we had so many so many players out. The back line was withheld for the most part, even with Nico going out. But Gregory and Matuidi hold down the midfield. Now, here's where it, it got strange: is in our in our midfield, in our 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 attacking midfield, we typically play with Pizarro as as our number 10 in that cam role. And Lewis is always over there on that right side, which he was, but then they mixed it up and they had Uyoya as the cam. They had Chapman on the, the left wing and Pizarro playing up top more as a number nine. And for Uyoya, for Chapman and for Pizarro, those are all not natural positions. So it was a, we patched together a, a squad for this one. Um, overall happy with it, but yeah, we're gonna need to get the, the Iguains back here to get everyone back in their, their position. And I just think there's an added level of confidence when you're playing with Gonzalo Iguain. Absolutely. I mean, he's a game changer from the from this get-go. I mean, he's one of the highest paid and most renowned players in the MLS. And to your point, you know, having Uyoya play up front was really the first time that we've ever seen him play that position on our club and you know jay chapman did hold it down for as much as jay chapman's gonna hold it down he's not gonna be your game changer by any sense but he did step in and fill some pretty big shoes and it's really shitty timing for carranza to get sick this is this may be one of those games that we look back on at the end of the season and say hey we could have stole three points out of nashville but we only got one but you know, hey, it is what it is, and you know, there's nothing more or less than what it is. <laughs> so, so wise and eloquent beyond your beyond your year, sir. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, that's I mean, you can't like really be mad at Carranza because no one goes out like, oh, I'm gonna go get a virus. But yeah, I mean, bad timing regardless. So that puts us in a situation where we needed some people to step up and step up, yes, but they would have had to really excel to I think to be able to to get the win. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier on, but Lewis Morgan did have an opportunity uh, in the fourth minute, difficult shot. He was trying to pass it in, you know, if he probably tried to blast it, it would get a little higher, make it a little bit more difficult to save. And then in the seventh minute, uh, Lewis provided a, a beautiful cross into Chapman who hit it one time, but you know, had, had about three feet on the, on the left side of the goalie had about three feet on the right side but he sent it right down the middle to him. So not an easy save, but given his body positioning, uh, not not the hardest. So the attack was not the Ferrari that we are trying to be. Uh, you know, it was definitely maybe a, a lower end, uh, like Toyota Camry, you know, some reliable and consistent, but that's not going to like wow you or, or blow you away. Joe Willis did have a couple pretty good saves i'll give it to him there were two that i was recalling and that was definitely one of them and unfortunately for us we just weren't able to put in the back of the net but you know it is what it is and i mean as we look forward at our midfield there's a lot to be excited about there is a lot to be excited about first off my tweety has played excelente this year like i'm talking fantastico 
He's talking, a, he's playing as a true DP and, and he should because he's got to make up for basically two DP slots. And he is playing with that damn word, Jay, that we love. That just turned into the Inner Miami podcast word of all words. Say it with me, everyone. Fluidity. Fluidity. I thought you were going to say sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> Fluidity is a... Oh. Much, much better choice. I mean, my man's a, a, a stallion just running around out there. He's a really, really enjoy seeing that. He is also, in case anyone's wondering, still appearing every night in Mateus Pellegrini's Nightmares, I'm sure. He is the Reaper of DPs. But, yes, it's very good to see him. And then I know Gregory's not a DP, but... Man, I love every single thing about him. He is a fighter. He will be in the right position at the right time. And then he brings that a seasoned type of attitude to the club. Not not a petty one, but he is not afraid to get up there, exchange some words with some players or some officials, whatever that may be. Uh, anyone who wants to discuss it, he's down to have a conversation. And he does it with a little bit of swag, which I really, really like about him. He is, uh, I think, going to be a, a fan favorite. In, in, in not too many more games. Dude knew he was coming to Miami and picked up the swag word, just like the University of Miami invented. So great to see him out there doing his thing. And Jay, there was a point during this game, I think it was in the 39th minute, that Matuidi and Gregory both like sprinted down the field on a pure fast break from the other club. Sprinting back to the point that they stopped the play from developing and probably preventing a goal in that instance. And I was just sitting there like, hey, th this would not happen last year. We would not play with this level of enthusiasm and effort. And to watch that play go down and see it, it just kind of was like accumulation of everything kind of happening for us at once. So, you know, we were undermanned during this game and Robbie playing in this game, which is still a question if you should have even been out there. You know, we held our own pretty well. We did. Gregory's like a sharpshooter, man. Like he is accurate and decisive. So he can he can stop if he's behind you. He he can he can find a way to stop you. It's it's really really impressive uh, to see w without a doubt. And obviously those two are going to be consistent throughout the season, barring any setbacks, injuries, or viruses of their various types out there. Uh, but then you know for what we had available in the the attacking side of the midfield. Look, we go to Nashville. Maybe you could say that they haven't been having a great season. But they're, how many goals did they give up at home last year? It was It was so few. They are a defensive team. And they had basically every weapon that they wanted, and we didn't. And we were still able to hold them from scoring. We weren't able to score. But I will walk away with a point all day, given the circumstances of our team and everyone we were missing. If we weren't missing everybody, I might feel a, a more disappointment, but you know, hats off to the lads. Great way to kind of patch the boat up and, and keep moving. Well, you know, who's super disappointed is Nashville. They, they have three games at home. Their last three mm -hmm. games have been at home and they've drawn the result of draw all three of those matches. And that's not a way to start your season. It's not, but there's some crazy, I can't remember the numbers. I want to say like 12 of their last 15 games or something are all away games. So like they had to front load wins at the beginning of the season because it's going to be a lot more difficult when you're on the road that long. Um, yeah, I can, I can promise you our 
500 fans who showed up in that match is going to be a lot louder when you come down here and mm -hmm. deal with 10 to what 18,000 we fill this baby up yeah by the time they're right down here we should quote unquote be at maximum capacity and that's what i'm talking about that's a whole and we'll have we'll have the the Iwain's back we'll have robbie back and and we'll be you know full full captain america not captain america captain planet when our powers combine there we go <laughs> there you go i got you really are just on that that superhero kick today, aren't you? They were talking about it nonstop at work. I got you. But there was one player that I did want to touch on a little bit and ask your thoughts. Pizarro, how do you think he played? Well, again, he's not a number nine. He's usually not the the, the guy at the top of the uh, attack. Usually he's uh, playing in a, in a 10 or playing off on the wing in more of a uh, creational servicing type of role. He's looking more for assists than goals. I kind of wish he was looking for more goals than assists, but with lack of options, I mean, who else do we put up there? We can't put Robbie. We can't put Carranza. The only other striker we really have is, is, is Josh Penn who eventually came in, but to have to play in a non comfortable way, you could argue he wasn't as clean and crisp as he has been in the previous two games, but also notably to say is that he was traveling to and fro from Mexico. It's a good one right there. Uh, so, you know, he wasn't training with the team. He might not have been full fitness. He might not have been fully rested. So again, this game is, is kind of hard to, to dissect because it's such uh, a circumstantial game with all the injuries and all the players playing out of positions. I think it was for his green card right exactly well good shout out for him i mean hey having a girlfriend who's canadian that green card status is legit yes it, well so the thing was like crazy because everyone was expecting him to be out and then he had shared a picture on his instagram and geotagged nashville the city in it so that was kind of like his way without the club even saying anything like hey yo i'm here don't worry like i'll be able to to, to at least make this thing work while we're we're holding it down for everyone that's out it's all been said, you know, Jay just touched on it all said during the game. It seemed like he just had a super tiring week, which, hey, don't blame him. Still early in the season trying to get his legs underneath him. And then he was thrown into a position that he's not normally accustomed to playing. And, hey, it's a little bit of a microcosm of things going wrong. But, Jay, last level we want to touch on is defense. Yes, and LGP is just continuing his stellar season. Uh, I mean, both LGP and Nico have been phenomenal, but I mean, LGP playing just like he did at Atlanta United when he was an all-star, uh, really, really solid. And then, you know, we're going to get into it, but it's just really, really impressed with Shawcross as well. Absolutely. He's definitely a part of this schedule because he did make, the best 11 from week three, which is super impressive yes, from the guy. He did some key, um, key interceptions, key clearances, big guy was getting his head down. There's a, a moment where he, he cleared out a ball with his head, but he like put his hands on the natural players back and like, did it throw him to the floor? Like leaned him forward gently and then like let him back up just to get the header. It was, it was very well done. There was one player that I have my eyes on particularly, and that was Joven Jones. Now, what an upgrade from last year he has been for our club. And Matuidi and him are developing a nice little two-man game. Yes, they are. And, and that's what we need, right? Because that's what Matuidi and, and Gregory are really going to be doing is blending in with that with that defensive line. So great, great thing to notice and, and just keep an eye on that. So now let's fast forward, right? Now let's fast forward, say, 30 to 90. I don't even think we need about 90 days. But Gibbs is now on our club, right? 
What now? What do we do with our back line? This game, we we didn't have Fagal. I mean, you know, you'd think Sawcross probably wouldn't start every game for our club and play situational. But what do you do with this back line when Gibbs comes on here? Because that's that's not depth. That's outstanding depth. It is, and I mean, we've we've mentioned it in the past. These are good problems to have. I expect Kieran Gibbs to be the starter. Uh, he's thirty-one years old. He's coming. You know, off off West Brom and and prior to that Arsenal. So Jovan Jones is is great, but you know I, I would have to imagine that the the EPL player would be a little better suited. But then where where does everyone else fit in? Like obviously, I think we're gonna have some situations with our boy LGP and probably Nico. We're talking about that little yellow card accumulation rule. So I expect the few games they're going to miss, maybe some other injuries. Shawcross, you're right. He's he's not going to going to play every game. Phil Neville actually said that. He said there's going to be games that are for him and games that are not for him. He's going to be situational. I think what will be consistent are, are Nico and LGP and Gibbs once he gets here, and then whoever else is going to be playing on that that right back st- uh, spot, whether that be Nico because. It worked out quite well versus Philly. And then they bring in another center back or vice versa. There's going to be some options here, but my guess is Gibbs is a starter. Absolutely. Gibbs is going to start. The question of who else starts with him is really what's remaining. So we'll see. And honestly, I'd love to see some trades. You know, who knows if we can add a CIM to this club, but I know Federico when he comes back, will fill in that role a little bit more. And just got to say, everybody, be patient a little bit. You know, this wasn't our final product on the pitch. And again, dealing with no preseason, you know, we got another challenge hitting us, you know, early this season with lack of players on the team for, you know, very respectable reasons. But this club is going to look pretty different come playoff time down the line and even midway through the season. So super impressed to see that. And Jay, there was a point during this game I think it was during like the 70th minute or so that we had uh, a Shawcross as well as Breck and LGP on the pitch at the same time. Defending a corner was most recognizable, I'd say. And A, that was a clear tactical plan that Phil had put out out there knowing what Nashville's strategies and tactics are. But two, that is a scary back line that I don't, you're not going to hit many set pieces against really probably ever. And just as super intimidating. Yeah, they're they're big boys. Uh, I think what Breck is, what six four six six. I think he's six six actually. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some pretty big guys out there. And I was watching the Fort Lauderdale CF game, and they actually got a win thanks to a, a brace, two goals from Sean Hundle. Uh, they beat Richmond, but Ima Mabika played in that game. And <laughs> dude, he is every bit as monstrous as as I was expecting. I mean, just a, a physical specimen. And if he signs with Inter Miami, and at some point maybe with some substitutions where we're trying to hold down or, or defend against the team is just sending balls into the box left and right, you bring him in Mabika. Mabika is is six six. Brekshay, sorry, only six three. I don't know why I thought he was that tall, but yeah, we got some we got some height on the back line, and uh, that's that's definitely going to be something that helps us out. And uh, of course, it was so good to see our boy Breck back on the pitch with the boys. He came in down there. Uh, there were some moments where he was he was dominating and uh, in, in playing very, very well. I, I really like him on that left side. I honestly would have liked to, to get him more up into the left wing. He's pretty comfortable on any position on that left side of the field. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this was, this was a, a good game from him, and I think that he has shown Neville, 
you know, what he can bring to the team. So I hope that we are seeing more Breck Shea moving forward. Um, now, I guess we can do this in, in, in the final thoughts, actually. But I want to talk about the foul versus Robbie. Foul versus Robbie is but, absolutely coming up. But let, let's, let's with, with the one more level of this goalkeeper play, um, I'll ask you this, actually. How do you think John played? I think, well, anytime you have a clean sheet, you did well, right? Yep. And looking at these stats again, rewinding, there were 10 shots in total, three shots on goal. So listen, John did do his job, put up a little goose egg for Nashville there. Can't, can't, can't disrespect the man for that. There's not much more that you can do unless if he takes the ball you know, up the pitch and gets us a goal, which would be pretty sick. But uh, outside of that, not much more you can do. To me, it seems like it was just another game that the back line really came and took care of business. Took a lot of pressure off of John. Didn't really have an instance besides one shot that LGP blocked that really came to mind that was really a true threat. And I think that that's a true testament to the back line and how well they played. I think that Phil Neville had it in his mind to say, hey, you know, if we're going to score in this game, it's got to go through Lewis and it's got to be a quick attack, probably set off by some type of counter. And if not, our back line has to hold it down so we can pick up one point. And I think that's absolutely what we saw. Agreed. I think if you're going to just ask, hey, did the goalkeeper have a good game? You know, high level, you're going to see, hey, did he have a clean sheet? Yes, I need a good game. Um, was it a spectacular game? No, I don't think so. But I mean, honestly, well, yeah, five shots and in, in, in two on target, right? So you only had to make two saves. Yeah, you did your job. Um, you know, if, if there were more uh, more saves that he made, if he was, you know, like five or six saves, yeah, obviously I, th I think he's doing a better job. But to your point, I mean, our, our back line really stepped up. Uh, Shawcross blocked several shots as well. So, I mean, I think he had a pretty easy day, uh, which is good. Just keep building the confidence and moving on. And I got to ask you, did you see the, you can't see me? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what I wanted to ask as well. I, I don't know what kind of John Cena that, that you can't see me thing he keeps doing is, but, um, kind of, kind of, I don't know. I'm not, a, I don't want to knock it, but like, I'm not just not too keen on like doing that in front of other players just cause you blocked a shot. This is without a doubt going to backfire eventually. Yeah. It's, it's not a matter <laughs> of if it's just totally when, mm -hmm. um, if I was watching that, that would be the first thing that I do to John. If I put the ball, uh, yeah, go stand over him and yeah. But like the question is like, does he do it after every block? Is that just his like thing? I've, that's the first time I've caught it. So I don't know. Maybe unless he was trying to tell the back line that like, Hey, he can't see them. I don't know. Nah, <laughs> this was clearly, you it can't was, see me. It was, <laughs> it was definitely pretty strange, but uh, yeah, we'll keep moving forward. Now, um, takeaways. Um, if I'm going to say anything, my main takeaway from this was hell of a job by Phil Neville. Uh, he was even on the pitch afterwards, talking to everyone, had him in a circle, patching together a team like this. And then also the players doing what they had to do, playing out of their comfort zone, several of them in not uh, their natural positions. I'd say that's my biggest takeaway is that even in our pretty dire circumstances for being out every forward we have, except our, you know, new uh, pick out of the draft who has never even had any MLS game time really under his belt. Uh, I'd say that, yeah, they did a pretty damn good job holding the ship together. 
I would absolutely say so. Nashville is a pretty tough team. They're not off to a good start, but hey, you know, we, we were there last year and they were on the counter, kind of like what we're doing this year. So, you know, and then at the end of the day, they only have, they have three points too, just one less point than us. So it's not like they're doing terrible, but when you set, start your season at home this amount of games and know that you got that heavy backload on the backside, it's just not setting up for success. But Jay, to your point with Phil, it's great to see that man just engage throughout the entire match. You can hear him with these lack of fans in the stadium yelling out directions, and I love it. That's amazing, right? And I think the sense of communication, you know, who was it last year that talked about lack of uh, language communication? Was it De, De La Garza, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, After mm -hmm, the season mm -hmm. had ended, he was just saying, hey, listen, you know, we had a lot of different dialects, and it was just the way that the team was constructed. That's no one's fault, but hey, it was just the way that it was. And I think this year is, is significantly different. If you look at the coaching staff and the overall upper management, as well as the players in the pitch, you will see a different type of cultural formula, if I can say it like that. So super impressed to see what's going on with this club. And I think, again, to your point, Jay, just sum it up in one word, it's maturity. The team is playing extremely well and they're playing like they weren't playing last year and it's the little things it's it's the hustling back when you know that there's a fast break for the other team it's it's finishing out the last 10 to 15 minutes and not being terrible it's it's not scoring a goal and giving up a goal within five minutes of that score so there's a lot of things that are going on right now when we touched on in the beginning of the season that we were looking out for. And as of right now, on a report card standpoint, I got to say, I think we're doing pretty damn well. Uh, compared to last season, 100%. I, I still think we have a, a significant way to go to really achieve our maximum potential. But damn, it is refreshing to see us trending up. It really is. And on the MLS power rankings, it comes out every Monday. Um, I, I believe maybe it comes out on Tuesday every once in a while. But and remind me, we stayed sideways. We're, we're at number 12. Um, I think that's the highest that we've really ever been. I was tracking that when I could last year. We stayed really in those, um, in the 20 range. But yes, we're finally starting to see what these players are capable of in the right system. So let's kind of move on to, to final thoughts. And one of the big glaring ones, and I'm sure a lot of inner Miami fans were very, very upset about was what appeared to be a dog so which is denial of goal scoring opportunity, denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity with Walker Zimmerman's tackle from behind on Robbie Robinson. That was uh, initially the ref grabbed his back pocket going for the red. Then he switched to the yellow, pulled the yellow, went over and reviewed it. They ultimately decided that it was not a, a red card and an ejection. So Zimmerman stayed in. I know he was sweating that one for sure. Uh, but you know what? Hey, even Phil Neville had to agree with the call. The other defender was in a position that um, really wasn't an obvious goal scoring chance because technically that defender was close enough to make a play. Although Taylor Twelman was very adamant that if Robbie did want to go ahead and take that shot first time, then it really would be. So that was such a close call. The fans are going to go crazy. Of course they are. It feels like almost every other game there's, a flagrant call that the fans don't agree with. And many of the times I don't agree with it either, but that's just the situation. Uh, I could see both sides of that. 
I would have loved, obviously, a red card from Zimmerman to play the last 15 minutes a man up. But that was the situation that occurred, man. And that was, I thought, going to be the break. Led to a, a free kick. Uh, but Lewis Morgan, unfortunately, was not able to get it completely over the wall. Tough play. I think that was Romney actually right next to Robbie. Romney and Robbie there. But it's tough. It's a toss-up. and Beautiful touch by Robbie to get up and over Zimmerman and turn on it like well done by Robbie that's the, that's the potential Robbie has and if you've watched this club for since its inception you know that the refs really don't like us yeah. I think they actually like us better this year and that's probably because we're not like bitching at them as much this year I feel like very well could be there's been a, a lot less in the uh, the complaining department there has you know we, we've actually stalled the order of the LGP bobbleheads with the, with the hands <laughs> in the air but no it, on a serious note you know it's tough it's tough that's that's a game changer moment right there we 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 get that red card with their best player going off the pitch and I mean, he's the best defender in, the, in league. the league he was <laughs> he was the defensive player in the league last year that's not just us saying that that's reality and you know we get a shot like that it's tough but you know reviewing it again it's it's just a 50 50 call it's kind of one of those home games i think that if that happens in inner miami honestly the referee is probably petrified for his life and gives us the red card on that but yeah well i think if he calls the if he pulls the red first and then goes to the review i don't think there's even enough to overturn the red what's tough whatever is he that, pulled first i don't think there's enough evidence to overturn it what's tough is that romney was behind robbie mm -hmm. and that's when the foul occurred and to me that's where the rule kind of comes into play that it I, to my, in my understanding that that should be called a foul actually it's but, definitely well, a foul. I mean, not foul, yeah. but breakaway goal red card who knows didn't happen it is what it is and we got to move on it just it brought back those traumatizing flashbacks of roman torres in the dc united game which um <laughs> when it happened we were guilty of it so it was it was very very tough but now Here's a question was, so Robbie, Robbie re-aggravates his injury, right? He comes on uh, in, in the second half, and a lot of people weren't really happy that Neville would play Robbie when he's injured or has a higher risk to, to re-agitate his injury. But in a game like this where you're down so many players and you're just trying to get out of there with some points, I totally understand. I wonder if maybe that tackle had some effect on his hamstring I'm not sure because he was subbed off shortly thereafter. Um, and how bad is injury? We don't know. Is a non-contact injury? Hamstring is it's it's like a rib injury. It's like a an injury to the uh, to the little bones in your feet or those metal metatarsals or metacarsals, whatever. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to let it heal. So very very tough. We'll see. Good news is we should have the Iguain brothers back, so we'll at least have some starters back. But uh, yeah, it it it's tough, man, because you keep seeing flashes and, and glimpses and to, to be able to chest a, you know, and, and bring the ball down and beautifully around the best defender. Like I, we want Robbie to get healthy, but the good news is he's young and he's got a lot of youth on his side, especially the way he's been playing this year has been a really, you know, up leveling force for us. He's, he stepped in, played very well, and he has that weight on his shoulder of being the number one pick. 
He was the number one pick last year for us for in David Beckham's expansion club. And I think we all remember his face, too, when he got drafted from us. We want to turn that frown upside down, Robbie. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's really sad, I guess, the word that comes to mind with this industry, or I'm sorry, injury, because he's playing so well. And you can tell when he gets pulled off, or not when he gets pulled off, when he walks off. That he's super pissed off and he's yeah. bummed. He's just he's body just, language. He's just sad that this is happening. And you know, hey, hopefully he gets the time that he needs. You know, we don't need to thrust him into the game like we did. You know, seeing a little bit of an opening to steal one in Nashville, but it is what it is. And you know, Robbie will keep everyone posted, but probably will not be seeing him against Atlanta United and Jay. Uh, let's hope we see him in a few weeks because these hamstring injuries, especially when you re-aggravate it, it, it can leave for a nagging injury that you just don't want to have happen throughout the year. Exactly. Could not agree more. So there was one funny part. There was actually two funny parts. ESPN doing us straight dirty. Love the guys for having us on a nationally televised game. Hate them for how poorly they set us up with the graphics. Yeah. I'm sure everybody saw it there, but the... Beginning of the match, they actually had Mateus Pellegrini on one of the graphics saying, hey, Inter-Miami's up next. And then actually when you turned on your guide menu and looked at the summary of what was going on, said Gonzalo Higuain squaring off against Nashville. So mm-hmm. unfortunately for ESPN, they got to step their stuff up. You know, we will take phone calls. Can't promise we'll go over, but we will take phone calls. Yeah, it was... Bush League, but you know, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll roll with the punches. You know, it's also Bush League, Jay. What? I've been waiting for this one, man. I got I got I got one for you right here. There was one award that didn't make it on to the 2020 award show, and that was the <laughs> Trout Award. If you if you're a day oneer of this show, you know damn well what a trout is. I don't need to I don't need to reiterate what that is, but I think we have a new nominee for the Trout Award this year, Jay. And unfortunately, the award was pulled uh, due to discrepancies by the league. They did not want us to hand out this award last year, but, you know, it was going to go to Anton Tinnerholm. That was the guy. I know it. We all hate this guy. It's fine. <laughs> this year, Dax McCarty has just that, that, that punchable face, right, that you see out on the pitch, and you're just like, dude, like, you just got that grill. I think you said he looks like someone you see at a Florida bar that's been smoking for like 40 years and just like living like on the waters. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll give you your, your award. So congratulations, Dax. He, he's the first nominee of the 2021 season. So congratulations, sir. Okay. Now, so you also got really excited when, uh, as Kona shoved, uh, shoving, Dax McCarty when Robbie was fouled in the, in, in the uh, what, 70th minute, whatever that was. So now you're encouraging violence from our youth. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Let's go to shove too. He's 17 years old and you're promoting a life of violence. Well, as Kona from the Inter-Miami podcast, bravo, sir. Bravo. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, all right. Let's, let's just, let's, let's move forward. Let's, let's keep the show moving. We, we do have another game coming up, and most importantly, it's a home game, and more importantly, we're going to be there. Absolutely. You're talking about the match versus Atlanta United this Sunday, May 9th, coming to you out of Jay's backyard. <laughs> Dude, we should do a tailgate here. 
Do you know how much Chloe would kill you? Uh, dude, do you know how much like the HOA would kill me if we just brought in a bunch of hooligans popping pink smoke everywhere? Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, as look. bad as the HOA would be, they'd be nothing compared to Chloe. But this game's going on at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know what that means, Jay? I'm gonna be so tan on Monday. <laughs> I think my sun. Like burns are just burning off or just leaving me from Key West, man. But time to get them again. Bring your sunscreen. This is a 1 p.m. game. It, it, Jay, it feels like South Florida just skipped spring and just dove right into summertime. Dude, winter was way too long. I knew this was going to be a bad year. Like, I, I knew with winter last Nishong, this, this long that summer was just going to be brutal. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what the, I, my guess on temperature for that day would be 95 degrees. Yeah, with 90% humidity. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot, everybody. Let me uh, see what it says. Make sure to dress accordingly. What oh, is it? What is it? Only 86. There's no way that's there's no way that's right. I mean, 86, like, just out in general, Feeling like, walking like around is fine. But, like, 86 standing in a aluminum stand with the sun beating on your forehead for <laughs> two hours, different ballgame. A little rough. Atlanta did have a match last week, just like we did, except that landed an L that landed an L for Atlanta United against the new England revolution, losing two to one, two to one. Sorry about that. Two to one, but the winning revolution is really nothing to, to, to balk at this year. They're playing some of the best football out there in the league. Number one in the East right now. Yes, they are. Atlanta United has a tied uh, is tied with us right now at four points. They, we are currently tied with them in the fifth and sixth seed with a record of one, one, and one. They do have us on goal differential. Plus one, and we are even on goal differentials. Obvious players to watch out for. I think everyone in the world knows who Joseph Martinez is. Uh, he is now coming back after tearing his ACL at the, what, second game of last year? Might have been the something, first. Yeah, might have been the first. Some mad early, but he's been referred to as like a freak, as you would talk about Adrian Peterson's ability to heal up his knees. He is back. He has made a couple appearances in the CONCACAF Champions League. They subbed him on in the 80th minute for the New England match, so he's still getting his legs underneath him, obviously recovering from last year's devastating injury. He was a 2018 MVP. Yes, we do want Atlanta to be our rivalry. Yes, we would like to hate some of their players, but it's always a good story when you see someone of this caliber who falls off. America loves when people are successful. They also love the fall off, and they love the recovery as well. So uh, wish him the best. I would really like to see him start to to get to full match fitness and, and start scoring some goals a game. Other one to really watch out for uh, is Ezekiel Barco. This guy has been on fire this year. He had the what the the uh, goal of the week in week two uh, versus the fire where he was taking a free kick, hit into the wall, came back to him. He said, I'm still going to send it. Curls one from outside the box over the keeper. Uh, beautiful, beautiful goal. I mean, th between these two and Martinez still getting his feedback, but they are not afraid to rip and they will rip from anywhere in the general vicinity of a goal. Probably another team that's going to look different towards the back end of the season, especially yeah. if Joseph Martinez comes back and continues to rehab. And, you know, honestly, in a grander scale and on a very macro looking view on this whole thing, really hope a strong recovery for him because he does this league wonders and it will be great to see him out on the pitch, but not this week. And, you know, the other player to look for is uh, Guzan, who I love playing against every single year. Jay knows this. It's one of my prime time targets. His his 
prime days are much <laughs> behind him, if I can say that. This is a very scorable game, everyone. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not going to really talk bad about Brad Guzan for his great service to U.S. men's national team, but you do always make me laugh with your continued beef with him, but you make many valid points, sir. Uh, what are your overall expectations for this game? What's your scoreline here, bud? Scoreline is 3-1 Inter-Miami. Guzan, not going to get it done. We're coming out firing, having our whole roster back on the pitch in front of our home fans. There was a roof. We'd be blowing it off, but it's going to happen. South Florida is going to go nuts. I'm going 3-1, to one, Jay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You probably thought I thought you were crazy, by the way. My eyes lit up, but no, it's because I also think this is going to be 3-1. to one. Um, I think that Gonzalo and Fede are going to come back with a passion and with a vengeance to play in the name of their mother, Nancy. God bless her soul. God rest her soul. Um, so I really expect them to come out and I, I really think that they're going to just absorb this in the most positive way and really lay down a season to remember in her honor. You saw the team with the banner, uh, Fuerza, uh, Nancy, which I believe means play for Nancy or go, go do this for Nancy. Someone can correct me that if you speak Spanish, we clearly don't, but, uh, it's great to see the, the, the club really showing their support. And, uh, I know that they're going to be going to be very happy to be back. So yes, I think this is winnable. Uh, I think Guzan makes some issues, some errors rather. We're going to be at home. We're going to be loud. We're going to be sweaty. We're going to be covered in the sweet nectar of Heineken. And it's going to be a good time. You heard it here. You'll see us at the game. If you're going to go to the game, hit us up on social medias at Inter Miami Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter, Inter MIA Podcast. Hit us up, connect with us, shoot DMs, love talking to everybody, and drop us a message if you want to join the Discord. Discord's firing off 50 people already. This thing's going to keep growing. And if you haven't done so already, like our main mans from Inter Miami CF Lifestyle did, go ahead and give us five stars on Apple Reviews. We appreciate it. Excellent. Also, keep an eye on Pink Smoke. Then we'll be dropping that uh, every single week. And uh, he'll break down in more detail that Fort Lauderdale CF win. But thank you, everyone. As we end every show, vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.